Hi, this is Hannah Williams from Salary Transparent Street, and you're listening to the Let's Get Coffee podcast. Over a cup of joe, cup of tea, or whatever you please, I chat with people across a wide range of different industries and job titles about their career journeys and experiences. We get into salaries and how they fluctuated over time, what they've learned, and what pieces of advice they can share with you that were game changers to them. If you like what you hear, I would love if you would take a quick second to double check that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. And feel free to leave us a kind review if you're feeling generous. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Vicky, what coffee cup did you bring today? I am bringing my chaos coordinator. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I like that. It's like a different size. Like mine is just the generic, like regular coffee mug. I like when they have differences in like their width and stuff. <laughs> yes, I have a nice double espresso. Nice. Okay, so you are a caffeine drinker. No decaf oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How no, many no coffees decaf- is too much? The limit doesn't really exist. <laughs> like, I drink a lot of coffee. I'm thinking about switching maybe to decaf at a certain point because I'm like, I think three or four might be too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm at like five. All right, Vicky. Travel with Vicky. That is your entire life is like travel articles, travel writing. How I, I want to get into actually, were you a traveler as a kid? Like, where did travel come from? What inspired you? Yes and no. So I grew up traveling, but not the way like I travel now. So um, nobody in my family, for the most part, they, nobody flies. So we did a lot of road trips when I was a kid. So we would go to like Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. Los Angeles and drive right from Virginia. So it'd be like Mm -hmm. three days. Yeah. You're from Virginia. Yeah. It'd be like three days and like a, you know, 12 passenger van with like 15 people. And we would stop all around the U S we would go to like Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We go to, we went one year, we went to Oklahoma city, Flagstaff, Arizona, did the Hoover dam. That's awesome. A lot of kids don't do that. Yeah, that's like, so cool. that's really how my fam- family traveled. Like, we didn't do first class flights I'm doing now or, you know, just even air travel. I didn't, that had, that was not my reality until I was, you know, an adult. I didn't fly for the first time until I was, I think I was 21 or 22. Wow. And so, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. So that's like, that's, that's, that's the, how I traveled. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the person in my family who kind of got bitten by the travel bug. It yeah. didn't really bite either of my parents it didn't really bite my grandmother bit my Mm -hmm. great aunt but other than my great aunt it's really just me (laughs) and a couple of cousins who like to travel as well so yeah like I tell people all the time like I know people especially people who are travel writers they have this a lot of them kind of grew up traveling they grew up you know Mm -hmm. taking you know trips to you know Europe or South America with their parents right that's what I would have thought yeah it was just not my experience, you know, it was not my experience. I tell people all the time, like, yeah, I grew up poor. So like Mm. traveling, like traveling was both a, you know, vacation as well as a necessity. Like we were traveling because we had to go someplace. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was really just kind of how my travel was as a kid. 
Yeah, that's awesome. No, I I love hearing that because I honestly think that a lot of travel is wasted on children. Like I think about I grew up overseas because my parents were diplomats. And so like when I say that I went to Bali for vacation, people are like, you're so fancy. And I'm like, no, it's really close to Kazakhstan. So it was like really cheap, you know. (laughs) And I think back, though, and I'm like, God, why did my parents take me? I complained the whole time. Like the experience was lost on me. And I'm just like, save the money. (laughs) Wait to travel until you're older. Do you feel that way? Not really. I do think that children should be exposed to different worldviews as early as possible. Great point. I don't think they're going to necessarily appreciate that when they're younger, but the memories and the kind of life lessons are something that they will remember as they get older. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like, you know, taking kids and exposing them to like worldviews, right? I, you know, like kids are very much it's similar to adults. Yeah, it's a necessity, but kids are very much similar to adults in that like we they also have, you know, not PTO, but like they have like spring break and like summer vacation, <laughs> yeah. you know, like summer, yeah, yeah. Right. And you know, like, you know, they should be able to experience, you know, the world as much as adults should as well. Does that necessarily mean they need to be on all of my vacations? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. But <laughs> they, sh- they should be exposed to, you know, different world. I love that. That's a really great perspective. I Now I'm going to take that. I'm like, you know, I'm wrong. I'm going to just only take you on some vacations. <laughs> but so you went to school. You went to Howard, right? You're from Virginia. So Howard makes sense. Why did you choose Howard, though? Tell me a little bit more about that. Great school. Yeah. So Howard was the only school I applied to. Um, really? I knew that I was That's going awesome. to Howard. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, did, I did not apply to any other school. For me, it was either I get into Howard, and if I don't get into Howard, then I join the Navy. Okay. Yeah, I knew I wanted to go to Howard. I knew Howard had an excellent journalism program. I wanted to go to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live in D.C. And, you know, when I decided, I didn't decide I was going to go to college until, like, I think my junior year in high school. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I didn't really have the grades. And then, Mm. you know, in in hindsight, like, I really kind of got into Howard on a hope and a prayer. Yeah. But it worked out. (laughs) It worked out. You know, everything everything worked out for a reason. And it really did work out. But, like, you know, I tell people that, you know, kind of my experience is not really, you know, the kind of traditional trajectory, right? And so only applied to Howard. I knew I was going to go to Howard. I knew I was going to major in journalism. Mm-hmm. And I remember fall 2010, right? The like early decision applications went out. Yeah. So stressful. Yeah, I was like, it was extremely stressful. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if I, I, I probably have a pretty good shot at getting in if I apply early. And so I applied, it was like, it was like maybe like December 11th, like 2012. I like I got the email that had that I had gotten in. Isn't it funny how we remember those moments, like the days? Yeah, yeah. I remember, like I remember everything about that day. I actually tweeted about it. Before, <laughs> I love that. Like, it's I told my family in history. Like, yeah, like I tweeted about it before I like told my family. Yeah, I got in Howard. I measured in broadcast journalism why'd you choose journalism like if you weren't yes. sure about where did that come from were you a good writer in school yeah so like I 
am really good at a few things. Like I know people who are like, you know, I'm gr- I'm great at everything. That's not that's that that it's is not true. Like at all. <laughs> no, that well, that's not that's not me. I was always a very good writer, and I knew I wanted to be a writer. I wasn't really sure what type of writer that I wanted to be, which is why I chose broadcast journalism because it allowed me to do writing for on air, writing for in terms of being a producer, allowed me to do some on air work. It allowed me to produce. It allowed me to do a lot of things. But I knew that, like you know, as some in some way or form, writing was going to be. A part, a big part of my career. And I knew I didn't want to go into PR. And, you know, at this point, you know, print journalism was something that was like, I initially wanted to major in print, but, you know, Ooh, good thing you didn't. not really a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't, wow. it, 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 it wasn't really a thing, uh-huh. but I, I was always a very strong writer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I'm sitting down with teachers and my guidance counselors in high school, they're saying, you know, yeah, journalism absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew that, Howard had one of the best journalism programs in the country. Huge. And I knew I was going to get the experience that I needed in the classroom to mm-hmm. be able to take it into a newsroom when I graduated. Yeah. Graduated, what, in 2015? Cool. Um, went, yeah, straight to, you know, newsrooms. And what was your first job? Like, do you remember how much you made at your first job? Well, my first, are you asking my first real job or my first? Ooh, great question. Yeah, let's go first real, real job, like, and then post-grad. Okay, so my. Even the customer service. Okay, okay. (laughs) So my first job, I think I was like a sophomore or junior in college. I believe I was a sophomore. And it was a zip car. Oh, it was actually really fun. It was, it was, I really, bet in really DC, fun. that was um, a good job. Yeah, I was in DC. Yeah. I was a, I was a brand ambassador. So I would, you know, go to events and like hand out flyers and like, you know, tell people about Zipcar. And I believe that paid 15 an hour. I'm surprised you I were paid. <laughs> Every time oh, no, no, I no, hear no, ambassador, we... I'm like, that's unpaid. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. Like all these other like brand ambassador jobs were not paying mm-hmm. in like Zipcar. It was full of like college kids. It was like, it was a bunch of us from Howard, some kids from like GW. Like, and we were making like really good money for like being like in, in like college. Right. Yeah. Like, we were like, and then we were making like overtime and then we got like discounts Damn. on the cars. Yeah. Like we were like, we, I was like, <laughs> that was one check. I, I, I like, it was, I think it was Ballin. like the first check that I got that like was over like maybe $900. Oh my God. It was like, like $2,000 check. Yeah. Which sophomore year in college, I'm like, absolutely. Actually, <laughs> yeah. no, I think I was a junior. I was a junior. That um, kind of money at that age is just like the, yeah. like hit the lottery. <laughs> I literally, it was literally like hitting the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a, that was a, that was a good times. But my first real mm-hmm. job, like my first big post-grad, girl paycheck, yeah, big girl paycheck, you know, got this degree, was at the Washington Post as cool. a digital video editor. And I came in at 60000 And then we got a cost of living adjustment that I believe it was 62500 Yeah, that was my should first. Should have been a lot first, more. You know, it should have been a lot more, man. Um, <laughs> what was that job Yeah, that like? was my first Oh, it's extremely hectic. Oh, Um, yeah. I came to the post September of 2015. Mm -hmm. 
and they had just made you know did this big push into video this was around like the pivot right. to video everybody was kind of expanding into video and I immediately kind of just jumped in on like breaking news I was working the night shift so I was coming in uh, at two and I was leaving at 10 and damn. so I was doing a lot of like yeah a lot of like a lot of grunt work a lot of you know breaking news I was doing mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like politics videos this was around the time when then candidate Donald Trump had announced, announced. that he was running for president um this we was around that. uh <laughs> this was around the time you know coming around like the election season things got I was also ugly. just doing yeah things got really ugly things got very crazy this is also like I was doing again just kind of the with the hours that I was working I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of like very kind of hard coverage so I was yeah doing a lot of like mass shootings like I was covering a lot of mass shootings does that weigh on the mental like it has to yes I feel like Yes. And anybody who says it doesn't is either a liar or is just not really in tune with goes to therapy. reality. Yeah, it was <laughs> every like, day. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean it was yeah, it was it was it was a lot. Yeah. I kind of did started doing this thing where I would go on autopilot while I was working and then mm. like get home and be able to process. But no, it I was can't be uh, healthy. It was, that, that was, a, it was a crazy, crazy few years. So um, Yeah, how long were you there? I was at the post from September 2015 to June 2018. Okay. And I wasn't on nights the entire time. Yeah, I wasn't on nights the entire time. I was on nights for about three fourths of that. The last. Oh, God. Of that. That's um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I was still. I know. I was working. I got moved to like the day shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still. I was still largely covering breaking news. Mm-hmm. Then I started covering like viral trends trending topics and and oh that's more fun yeah no it was it was a it was a pretty pretty sweet gig what caused the switch oh I was just like yeah I can't work nice done with it I can't do this like yeah so that's good you advocated for yourself yeah they respond well as well as they possibly could like as well as you know they were going to but I was just like yeah I I can't do I can't do this is not healthy what you do next I Resigned in like June of 2018, took a month off, and then started teaching at Howard full time. Wow. Teaching writing, journalism. Yeah, I was teaching uh, reporting and writing. I was teaching a media literacy class, and I was teaching intro to media production, which is technically a film class. Absolutely Very cool. Amazing. It was it was great being back at Howard. How did that pay? How did that pay? I got paid... 62. We always hear the difference with like regular teachers and old, like are not old, but university yeah. teachers. Sometimes university is better. Yeah. So for me, I was coming in as a lecturer. So I was non-tenure track, mm-hmm. still covered under the union. Oh, good. Yeah. I was I was coming in around like, I believe it was like 62 or 63,000. And, you know, obviously they pay a bit more depending on, you know, your degrees, mm-hmm. whether you're tenure track. What I take away from just kind of doing that experience is the pay truthfully it wasn't terrible at the time I was virtually living across the street from ours it wasn't bad but what I really enjoyed about that job the benefits were absolutely fantastic (laughs) like (laughs) tell me what were they like absolutely fantastic basically like so Howard has a hospital so Howard Mm -hmm. University Hospital any any like if you're faculty, you could pretty much go to the Howard Hospital and get pretty pretty much anything done. Wow. And it was like next to nothing. Wow. Like I got um 
like root canals filled. I got my wisdom teeth taken out there. Like I was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty, pretty good gig. They were really good on like the 401k matching as well. Like Mm -hmm. just, I don't exactly remember what the number was, but like, I just remember checking. I was like, oh my God. That's pretty good. (laughs) And then obviously, you know, one of the biggest perks in, you know, being a professor, lecturer, just any connected to a university at all Mm -hmm. is just having like summer vacation, right? Big time. And yeah, it was great. And I had my checks staggered where I was getting paid for the full year. Like you could either opt to get paid only for the academic year, which is what August to like May May, or you could have your like, yeah, you just get paid the entire year. So I was, even when I wasn't, you know, in, in class, I was still getting paid. It was a great, like just a absolutely phenomenal situation. Having the summer off, was that really like your experience now with traveling? Well, so I really started getting into travel as an adult when I was at WAPO. Uh-huh. It was the first time I had like PTO. And then obviously I was working in a, the, the kind of subject matter I was doing was very stressful. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I, I have to take my PTO. Mm-hmm. And I started my first blog as a way to kind of like decompress from all the things that I was covering during the week. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, I would do my job during the week. And then on the weekends, I would focus on a lot of like lighter stuff, which is how I kind of got into travel writing and how I got into, you know, deals and points and miles. And, you know, it was really, it it, it was, and I would say it was really kind of like my saving grace. Like I had a lot of people, um, I I would tell like my, my colleagues at the post and other places about like, how I travel and whatnot. And I had so many people tell me you should start a blog. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm, I don't really feel like doing that. And I had like several, like I had several people to include one person that like, I didn't really like and didn't really like me tell me that I should start like a travel blog. That's when I was like, Oh wow. You gotta do it. We are not on good terms. Right. (laughs) So it's like, I have to do it. But yeah, the summer before I started teaching, when I had like the summer off, mm-hmm. did I really travel like that? I don't think I did. I could, <laughs> no, I was doing some. I was teaching summer school, so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a great way to pick no, up more I, money. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was like, I think like four grand for like two classes, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty sweet deal. Um, <laughs> How long were you at Howard? I was teaching as an adjunct for a year, um, and I was teaching full time for a year. So, wow. all, all in all, two years. That's awesome. So, how do you think that Howard helped you pivot? Like, where did you go next? I feel like that's such a great experience, though, being back in your element and just growing and figuring out what to do. Like, what did you learn? Absolutely, I learned a lot about connecting with people. Mm. Um, being a, being a university professor, you're in, you know, you're talking to a lot of people, you're interacting with a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. so I definitely improved on kind of like my, like social navigation skills. Uh Howard is a place where the motto is excellence in truth and service and the truth and service is very important. So Mm -hmm. just giving back to others, like Howard gave me a lot. So, um, coming back was my way of like kind of giving back to everything that I got from Howard yeah. and then just kind of imparting what I knew of uh, being in the industry to, you know, the next generation of mm-hmm. student journalists who were, you know, at that time were like maybe six years younger than me. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, just trying to be, you know, a trying to find the word a like mentor. She's trying to be a, you know, good steward. Yeah, yeah, a good steward, a good ambassador, a good mentor. Do you still talk to any of them? A lot. Oh, like, I love that. I, a lot of my students are in New York, so I get coffee with them. Let's we'll get coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah, let's get coffee. <laughs> I do a lot of reaching out to old students. I'm still in touch with a lot of my old professors and who then became colleagues at Howard. So That's awesome. Yeah, so in terms of the pivot, I in like I want to say this was like the winter of 2019. I love teaching. Don't get me wrong. Love teaching. And I've said this, you know, I've said this before, but I knew that I wanted to be a travel writer full time. And I knew that that would probably mean me needing to leave Howard. Yeah. The thing with teaching is it's something that you can always come back and do. Right. Absolutely. I can always come back, even if it's not a Howard, I can always go back and, you know, be a university professor. Right. But I really Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of like take a, a leap of faith and kind of pursue being a travel writer full time. I was still doing the blog thing. I was freelancing for a couple of places, but I was like, you know, I, I think it's time for me to really, you know, be a, be a travel writer. Yeah. I told Howard. That's a tough decision. It was, it was. And, you know, it was something actually I almost ended up not doing, but I told Howard, I was like, oh, Hey, wow. you know, I got this opportunity to move to New York, you know, mm-hmm. incredibly grateful for, you know, my time here, but you know, it's a dream job that I think I would be foolish to not take. And they were like, absolutely. Like, and, you oh, know, wow. and, and, you know, and being a travel writer is like the, the dream job for people. So they were like, we would be upset if you didn't take it. Uh, so that's, and that's good leadership. That's good yeah, management, like, kind of. It's great. You need people like that in your corner. Yeah. I had so many people telling me, like, yeah, no, 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 you need to take this. Like, if you don't take it, I'll take it. <laughs> and so, um, I have started, you know, doing kind of the circuit in terms of reaching out to, hiring managers in New York and I knew I wanted to be I moved I knew I wanted to move to New York mm-hmm. and so I got connected with um, some people at the points guy I interviewed with them and then I moved up to New York in June of 2019 oh wow you were just on you were just about to have yeah, COVID. Just, just right before COVID. Oh. Yeah, right before COVID. Oh. So I negotiated a pretty good deal with them. Um, I think my starting salary was 82000 I got a relocation bonus, which I believe was like 2000 And they and taxed it. Bonus, which was, <laughs> right. And, I, and then I got a signing bonus of 5000 which is also nice. taxed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they tax it and it's like half of that. I remember I got a signing bonus once and it was 5k. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, $5,000. I get to put that on my student loans. And then I got it. It was like 32. Yep. (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So how was everything at the points guy? That is a big name. Like were they, did they treat you good? How was flexibility? Did you, was the dream or the job, everything you dreamed of? So, I mean, it's a little hard to answer. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it is a little hard to answer. So I got there in 2019, so this was pre-COVID. I don't really believe in dream jobs. Like, I, I'm Valid. honestly, I, and I would say that anywhere. I think ultimately we're still talking about work. <laughs> um, yeah, work is work. And that's okay. Like, 
work is work and that, and that's okay. But I, I don't necessarily see it as like a dream. I have like, you know, a dream life, but not yeah, necessarily I love like that. a dream job. So yeah, I got there in like June, 2019. I was covering like some really interesting stuff. I was doing a lot of traveling and then obviously COVID hit nobody's traveling right nobody's traveling nobody really cares about points and miles and whatnot yeah that must have taken a hit at that time yeah I mean it was it was it was was really rough like it was it was really rough like and then I kind of pivoted to covering the pandemic like pandemic's impact on travel which was okay I like I really liked that work I probably back to your Washington Post days where yeah you know I was News, I was yeah. really covering yeah I was I was covering like a lot of like a lot of service journalism stories in terms of you know where mm-hmm. people could travel how to you know digitize your like vaccine card vaccine passports entry requirements exit oh cool requirements, that's good stuff that. so yeah I was doing a lot of like really like interesting work so I would say around mm-hmm. like the summer of 2021 I knew that I was gonna leave I didn't say mm-hmm. much but I, I knew that I was going to leave. Great resignation um, vibes. Yeah, it was giving great resignation vibes. I felt like I'm, <laughs> I'm somebody who, if I feel like I have accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, then I'm all right in leaving. That's wonderful. And uh, I felt like I had, yeah, I felt like I had accomplished everything I had accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this isn't a dig at them. Mm-hmm. I felt like we were all kind of, I felt like I was going in one direction and the company is going in another direction Yeah, and kind of, you know, editorial goals had changed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, okay, you know, it's, I, I've done what I've set out to do, which is help travelers travel more thoughtfully, safely, and a bit more ethically. Yeah. And if I feel like I've done that to the best of my ability, then leaving is not a difficult choice. Yeah. And so I spent the entire fall of 2021 kind of mapping out my exit plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew what my exit plan was going to be. Love that. Always be prepared. Yeah. I had a, I had a Google Doc um, mm-hmm. of, where I was just checking off things, right? Oh, and so smart. the first thing I wanted to do was kind of, yeah, the first thing I wanted to do was set my blog back up uh, set my website back up, create mm-hmm. a Substack, migrate my subscribers from my old newsletter to the new newsletter. And mm-hmm. a lot of these things didn't actually, like I had worked on these things, but they didn't actually go into like Fact. action until mm-hmm. after I had resigned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had done that. I knew that I wanted to write a book. Um, and so I spent Love the entire that. fall of 2021 uh, writing a book proposal spent some time shopping book proposals to agents. Mm-hmm. I spent some time connecting with editors, you know, mm-hmm. wanting, trying to, you know, get on the freelance market. And so by the time that I had resigned, which was early January, mm-hmm. I had pretty much my entire 2022 planned wow. by like December, 2021. That's amazing. Yeah. For me, it was just like, I was, I was doing my day job. And, you know, as soon as, you know, the clock would strike six or five, like I would be, I would immediately turn to like what I knew that I was going, going to do. Yeah. Has 2022 been everything you wanted it to be? Yes. Yes. And well, what I'll say is yes. I will also say that it was everything. It was a lot, a lot of it was completely unexpected. Right. 
And yeah. so like a lot of these things that I did plan for, right. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of being a freelancer, in terms of, you know, you know, working on a book proposal in terms of shopping out a book and whatnot, mm-hmm. what was not uh, absolutely <laughs> unexpected, what was completely unexpected was, you know, salary transparency. I know. So like, let's get that was the thing that. that had no clue. <laughs> yeah. Let's just so get right into it. Cause I had our no listeners. clue. Yeah, for our listeners, my goodness, Vicky oh, is the OG oh, of man. salary transparency. And I think it's so funny. I think you are because your tweet is always brought up and it's in almost every single article I've read about pay transparency. It really made waves. I feel like you were behind this first initial push man, and just you. get into it. Tell me everything. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I, 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 this is what I will say. I had no clue that was going to happen. Like no clue whatsoever. Like some, a lot of like, people reached it. Yeah. Like, some people were like, yeah, you had to have, no, I was like, I have no clue. So here's what happened. Yeah. When I quit, when I quit my job, I took myself to celebrate, you know, opening a new chapter. I took myself to St. Kitts. So I stayed at the Park Hyatt in St. Kitts and I stayed there for three nights. I got there, I think, my last day, it's customary in, in, you know, being a journalist, you typically say like, Hey, some personal news. I'm like leaving my job and going somewhere mm-hmm. else. So I did the that. I did that thread. Yeah. I did that mm-hmm. announcement. Um, and you know, that didn't like, I wasn't ex- expecting for it to go viral. Like it didn't really care. I was just like letting people know like that I was on yeah. the market for freelance. So I knew that when I announced that I was leaving, a lot of people were going to reach out to me about that job. It is mm. on paper a dream job being a tra- being a travel writer, right? So you're thinking yeah. like travel would not. And Twitter is the new LinkedIn. I mean, it now is. not anymore, but it used yeah, to be. Yeah, I mean, it was. So <laughs> I was on vacation in St. Kitts. I didn't really want to be bothered by people. Yeah. So I figured <laughs> if I have it in one specific location, how much I'm making, what to ask for, then people won't reach out to me while I'm on vacation at the beach in St. Kitts drinking a mojito. Right. Every like nope, there will be no reason to bother me while I'm on vacation. <laughs> and so I remember where I was when I wrote that tweet. I was literally coming out of my room mm-hmm. um in my hotel. I sent the tweet. I was actually there with another colleague of mine from the Points guy who would also resign that day. Oh wow. Yeah, so we're sitting by the beach, you know, we're just chilling, you know, drink. I at that time I was drinking a mojito and then switched to like mimosas, <laughs> and so I'm not really Put your on phone my down, phone. Open it up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Another thing, I I haven't really said this a lot, but one thing I said earlier in 2022 to myself was I wanted to be online less. Mm-hmm. That did not happen, but I said I wanted to be online. Oh less. no! And so <laughs> I wasn't really checking my phone like I'm literally I have a book you know I'm you know drinking my you know mimosas the weather is beautiful the waves are calm in your life yeah and my phone starts blowing up also as I'm like you know reading my book and drinking my mimosas honestly I completely forgot about the tweet like I I wasn't like I didn't really care I was like send tweet that's (laughs) it so my phone is blowing up and then people are like yo you need to check your phone right now you need to check your phone right now and the next thing I knew, it was a, it was it was a tweet Bye. heard around the world. Like it was a tweet heard around the world. <laughs> the tweet heard around the world. I love it. <laughs> then I had people like 
DMing me saying like, oh my God, you just, you know, encourage me to ask for a raise or, oh my God, I didn't know journalists could make yeah. that much. Uh, I got, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, it was one of the, like, was it positive? Was it negative? How was the re- reaction you would say? Yeah, overwhelmingly positive. I did have a few few people saying that like, you know, you're you're like all but ensuring that she'll never be able to work again. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. And um Okay, whatever. Any, yeah. Anybody who has followed my career since the tweet heard around the world would know that it's like absolutely not the case whatsoever. <laughs> like Exactly. Um, it's only like, boosted it's, you so yeah, much. Like that <laughs> is not what happened at all. But like, I mean, I, the next thing I know, like, again, I'm, I had went to St. Kitts to completely unwind and I'm doing like interviews and just, uh, the Washington post called me when I was at, uh, I was at the airport. It was one (laughs) of the like most bizarre months of my life. I'm sure. And and again, it was just, it was just something that like, I, I tell people this all the time. I did not expect that at all I did not expect the reaction I didn't expect you know people telling me like I had some people reach out to me and say that like I encouraged them to ask for raises I had some people who reached out to me and said I encouraged them to quit (laughs) yeah and then I had a lot of people who were applying for my old role who said that like they didn't even know what to ask for so that's That's the thing like being a travel writer it's a little hard to find out what people make in terms because mm-hmm. so many people are freelancers. Right. So it's a little different. Like if I were applying to be a national political reporter at virtually any newsroom, I would have an idea. A of good idea. What that role would make. Yeah. I would have a good idea. If it's DC, if it's DC, New York, or LA, I would have a good idea. Mm-hmm. With being a travel writer, there are so many people who are freelance travel writers and there are not a lot of people who are staff travel writers. It's a lot harder to ascertain what you should ask for. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was a lot of people who were applying for that role had reached out to me and they were like, yeah, I had no clue that this is what I should be asking. That's great. So you helped them. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I would like to say that like, I, I helped a lot of people, you know, if not get what they wanted, at least have a like conversation. And, you know, I, the, when I, when I tweeted it, I really just thought like the dozen or so people I knew who were in tribal media would see it and like know what to like advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. But it's just been an amazing thing where like people who are not, not even journalists, like, you know, just like people like it's spread, like, people around the world like have you know reached out to me and said like you know this tweet really helped them like be able to advocate for themselves have have you know mm-hmm. needed and difficult conversations how did the points guy feel about it like your your manager were they like know. what are you doing <laughs> did they tell you anything they haven't told you <laughs> no i mean i i they never reached out I know when I had done um I did an interview yeah I I did an interview with the Wall Street Journal and it's part of their fact-checking process I know they had reached out to TPG and then the parent company to my knowledge I don't think they heard back so a lot of people have asked me this question like you know was there any sort of like backlash from from tweeting out your salary and the answer is no that's great I think that's what I hope to hear yeah well what I mean is 
I didn't say or tweet anything that was proprietary information. Right. I didn't say or tweet anything that, you know, like I'm tweeting about, I'm talking about my own salary, which is protected. It's protected. Um, it's your speech. information. Yep. 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 And you know, th- there is no real recourse for any, like if, 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 if there was going to be backlash, there is no real recourse for it. Right. They can't do anything. That's your right to say. Yeah. I'll just say, I had a lot of convers. I had a lot of conversations with people who know about the law. <laughs> you have to though, and it's so sad. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, after you know it went viral, and you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. No, so, not at all. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I think some people might worry, you know, right now there's whenever I talk to people on the street, they always say stuff like, oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Like my employer pro- like prohibits me. And I'm like, that's illegal. It's your right, right to and talk it, about and it. it. Is, like, and it and is this illegal. fear mongering. I hate it. I would love to know because we've had this conversation before about how different salary transparency is in your industry and that it seems like you and your colleagues and people similar, they are open to this. You guys talk about this. Absolutely. Can you talk about that? Because most people don't, that's not their experience. I can't speak for every newsroom, but in all the newsrooms that I've worked at, we typically all knew what the other person made. I knew what the person sitting next to me made. They knew what I made because we would have very candid conversations. Like it's, it's a little different. Like when you, when you're spending a lot of time with these people, and again, you know, our, we're in the business of like words and we're in the business of, you know, accuracy and Facts. transparency and whatnot. So we have conversations about what we're, what everybody's making money. Yeah. yeah. I will say I like, I don't consider myself the OG of like salary transparency. There's the writers <laughs> of color. <laughs> There's the writers of color um, Twitter account who's been, yeah. you know, pushing yeah, they've been pushing for what's their, uh, job what's listings. What's their account again? We'll give. Them a I believe shout it's out. writer. I believe it's writers of color. Um, writers of color. All right, yeah. check them out, guys. I believe that. Well, they've been holding hiring managers' feet to the fire. Good. In job listings, so it's like they'll, you know, a hiring manager or a company will say we're hiring for a role, and they'll tag writers of color, and writers mm-hmm. of color will be like, "How much does it pay?" I love that. They're like the Robin Hoods of pay transparency. <laughs> which is amazing. And then you have what I've been using for years, which is the media salary spreadsheet. And that's something that like ask just about anybody who's in media, like everybody knows about this spreadsheet, which is a list of like hundreds, if not thousands of like roles and like wow. people around the world what like what they make in 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 media it's mostly and it is mostly media it's like mm-hmm. reporters editors correspondents what have you and awesome it's it's quite literally like a, a google spreadsheet where you know <laughs> you can look at where somebody is living like what company yeah. they're at how much they make mm-hmm. you know if they're in the u.s if they're abroad and so like it's pay transparency, at least in my experience, is something that like a lot of people are very open to. I've also worked in places that are unionized. Um, my last job wasn't unionized, but when I was at the Post, it was unionized. And so like you did have an idea of what people were making. And then the Post started doing this, started doing this like 
they did a report on mm, like, like an internal report like pay equity report yeah yeah the 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 guild did that and so like mm-hmm. i think i i am fortunate working in media and that like most of my friends like i like we talk about money all the mm-hmm. time like i think I love that i've said i think i said this to the post or the wall street journal and that like I think we think of money as being so taboo when it's something that we all like want to make. Yeah. Right. Like we don't go to work for charity. Right. Like I no. go to work to be paid. Yeah. And so like, like I go yeah. to, I go to work to be able to sustain my lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want as many people to be able to, you know, feel good in what they make and feel like they're valued and yeah. pay transparency is, one way to do that one way yeah definitely I think unionization is a great way for companies like that are really having a hard time making that transition like I think the employees themselves are going to take the reins and they're going to be like look you don't want to do it all right well we're going to unionize and I think it'll be better off but aside from all of this I want to know more about travel with Vicky it's so you're doing this full-time as a freelancer now yep tell me about that how has it been being self-employed it's for me on my perspective I'm stressed so I <laughs> I tell people for me it's been a blast (laughs) that's awesome Uh, yeah it's it's been a blast there are some yeah there are some there are some things that like make it not a blast which is you know the tax situation like Mm -hmm. health insurance yeah like that's that's not fun but in terms of you know just being able to kind of pick my own schedule and do work that I'm you know deeply passionate about and also I think what I, most importantly, I can finally be thoughtful in my work instead of feeling like I'm constantly just trying to like grind things out. I can actually take time and like be thoughtful and tell the type of stories that I want to tell. And that's been the like blessing of being a freelancer. I, when I first got into freelancing or when I, when I knew that I was probably not going to go straight to a newsroom, I was a little like apprehensive but it's been like it's been a massive like blessing in terms of yeah. just being able to write better. Like I've had just fantastic editors over the the last year where my work is a, a lot better. Like you know I and I also feel better about my work. Right, I'm working with fantastic editors, fantastic mentors. My work, I feel like it's it's being seen in a lot of places and it's resonating with people. I get a lot of like, you know, very nice emails and comments from people saying that I encourage them to think differently about something or some of the best emails I get from people are like people who say like they, they'll tell me up front like they're not travelers, but they like I had somebody reach out to me and say that like your story made me feel like I was there like I'll never be able to go there or I'll never oh, I'll never be able wow. to do this but it makes me feel like I'm That's there great and that is good and that is good enough for me and you know that's really that's a lot like that's really heavy like that's it, it's 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 yeah it's a real it's that's a, impact it's a, right it's a real blessing like and and that's the thing is like being a journalist I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in you know the cloud and whatnot and it's like journalism is an act of service man yeah and that is what really matters to me like being able to serve people being able to help people think in a different and more holistic 
way. And especially with being in travel is like being ethical about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so overall, like, I'm not going to say that this year in terms of being a freelancer has been perfect is it has been a lot of growing pains, but overall it's been a damn good year. It's been been a very good year. And I'm so blessed. So, so absolutely grateful. All the people I've worked with definitely have to shout out one of my kind of bigger freelance clients, uh, which is Upgraded Points, which has just been an absolute like godsend. It's just such a like fun and collaborative and just very chill like working environment. I love that. Love when they get the vision and they yeah, don't push and it's, back. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's it's just such a, like and you know, just doing really really fun work and just yeah. really like, you know, cool work. And so like it's just been a like I'm I'm really looking forward to twenty twenty three. Like I, yeah. I I've now taken the rest of the year off. I saw you submitted your last piece of writing. Yeah, You're like taking I'm, the month last off. story. <laughs> last story, I'm done. I love last, it. Last story was submitted. Like a final. Nothing else to do. Yeah, and that's what it really felt like. Like I was I, I like wrote it, I sent it back, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, man, I'm done. <laughs> and you know, like, and I did that strategically. Like mm-hmm. I, on purpose, like I didn't pick up any more work in December Mm -hmm. because I really just wanted to spend the rest of the month relaxing, recalibrating, but also just like, you know, just sitting in like gratitude, Mm -hmm. like sitting in like, yeah, the moment, just absolute gratitude for the the moment, the the year that was right. I love that. Now I feel like I should do that because I, I need to do the same. And I keep having these small moments of realization where constantly going 100% is not going to breed innovation or creativity. Like you have to take that downtime and that downtime really is going to keep you going after. It's huge. Absolutely. So we got all into your career. I would just want to ask one last question since you are the travel expert. I am doing a lot of traveling in 2023 as we're going to hopefully hit all 50 states for STS. Are there any tips or tricks or trends that you see happening in the near future that travelers can take as a, a win or something to take them into 2023? I predict travel is going to get I think I think what we'll start seeing is a lot more like last minute travel. Yeah. I think historically last minute travel has been very expensive. Mm-hmm. And what I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see some of these trends where last minute travel can actually be cheaper than booking out weeks or months ahead of time. I heard that. Yeah. So I actually I experienced this over Thanksgiving, which was actually the when I realized this actually might be a thing. I waited until the last minute to book my Amtrak ticket from New York to DC and then found like a one-way Acela ticket for like $89. And anybody who knows anything about the Acela, the Acela costs as much as like $500, right? And so like I booked that like maybe two days before I, before Thanksgiving. Um, I've also been monitoring, I've been monitoring some last minute flights to the Caribbean, um, considering Mm -hmm. taking a trip next week somewhere and I'm starting to see like ah yeah like I we'll see if we'll see if I can I can make it work (laughs) another another Saint Kitts (laughs) yeah I I would love to honestly I would love to like kind of end the year kind of how I brought in the year like kind of with a bang Um, yeah and a mojito of course (laughs) yeah with a mojito and actually not being on my phone for once 
Right. So yeah, I'm I'm starting to see a lot of like kind of last minute travel. So I'm I'm seeing last minute cheap flights to the Caribbean, even some last minute cheap flights to Europe. Like I was seeing nice. some pretty decent fares to London, Iceland, Oslo. Wow. You're definitely gonna freeze while you're there, right. but it <laughs> Don't is possible go, to get there. But it's cheap. <laughs> I predict, you know, a lot of uh, I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago for the New York Times. Obviously, the Great Reset is coming in elite status. Um, so we're about to see a lot of people losing elite status at the end of the year. We're starting to see airlines go back to, I would say not pre-pandemic, but take away a lot of the perks that travelers had come to expect during the pandemic. That's trash. We'll probably see a lot more tightening of ancillary perks like lounge access. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already seeing that with Delta removing lounge access for a lot of travelers. Saw that. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty big 2023 for travel. Yeah. Um, for you know like it's gonna be you know some positives, some negatives, some kind of in in the middles. Mm-hmm. But um, it's gonna be a, a very big year for travel. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, if you want to keep up with all these trends and all these updates in travel, go follow Vicky. Travel with Vicky. Travelwithvicky.substack.com. I believe. Yeah. We are gonna put all the information in the show notes. Vicky is an amazing person to chat with obviously you guys have listened to this conversation she's an amazing human being so please go follow her but thank you vicky for talking to us and the organized chaos mug was perfect Thanks so much for tuning into the Let's Get Coffee podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for helpful information and links we mentioned on the show. And if you need more career resources, you can find plenty on our website. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch you next week with another episode. Thanks. Bye.